0: All right, it is that time once again for another...
1: Kaleidoscopic episode of V8 Radio.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kaleidoscopic.
1: That's Ah, right. Very very nice, wow. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: I'm your host, Kevin Oste, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Huball-Clark.
1: Hey, I have to give full credit to my wife for that word. I I was talking to her today and I said, I need an overselling adjective, and she's like, She's looking through her phone. How about, give me a letter. I'm like, K, kaleidoscopic. I'm like, done.
0: Kaleidoscopic, that and that's not what happens when you uh, smash a couple of microscopes in, into each other. You know, you <laughs> collide the scopic's. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, is going to be uh, colors and, and uh, some kind of mental trip. I can't really promise what's going to happen. but uh, That's right, man.
1: Theater of the mind, bro. <laughs> <laughs> At least we got a word. So that was very yeah. nice. Yeah, right on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, typically here on V8 Radio, it's a car show or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we, we tend to start these off with uh, an automotive trivia question. Uh, which is riveting, I'll tell you right now.
1: And, oh yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, we, we pose these in the beginning, and then um, our listeners are uh, are free to hang throughout the whole show, uh, you know, on the edge of their seats, waiting oh, for the
1: answer. Totally. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they they can't work on their cars. They can't do anything until that answer comes. No, there's kind of a
0: paralysis, I think, that overcomes uh-huh. them. Or yeah. Or, or maybe that's just us.
1: It's the kaleidoscopic effect.
0: Yes, the the (laughs) kaleidoscopic-induced mental paralysis that we we suffer from here at VIA. So uh, did you uh, prepare a a trivia question there, my friend?
1: Absolutely, sir, I did. Um, Let's kick it off. All right. Um, I know in in, uh, a few episodes ago we talked about, I think I had a trivia question regarding the, or you did, regarding the Chrysler 300... uh, uh, Hurst car the 70 Chrysler 300 yeah uh, I think that was a convertible right but um, uh, you know the 300 series were famous for having the leather designator after the 300 and what was the first year that Chrysler did not use that letter designator on the 300
0: hmm that's a good one. Boy, that's a good piece of minutia right there. <laughs> yeah. That, that is trivial. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it's a trivia question.
0: Uh, could it be a trick question, though, is the, is the big question.
1: Because wasn't
0: the very first 300 just a 300? I don't know. Was it? In, uh, what was that, 55? Mm-hmm. And then they started the letter designation after that. So I think that could be it. So I'm going to say the 55 Chrysler 300 was just a 300 with no letter.
1: 55,
0: Kevin says. Yeah, yeah. And this is just about the farthest thing possible from my mind right now. So if I'm wrong, (laughs) uh, I'll own it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay 1955 because it was just a 300 i'm pretty sure yeah just a 300 okay at this all right at this juncture that is in the books right on
0: all right well um i'll throw one right back at you then
1: all right let's do it bro
0: so uh, as you're aware uh mm. the the pontiac motor division is don't you do it to me unfortunately no longer with us
1: that's correct.
0: Uh, the, uh, the esteemed vehicles of the Pontiac brand have not been produced for some time. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, when did the last U.S. sale-bound Pontiac roll off the assembly line?
1: Cause, uh, well, uh, uh, now, when you say when, how, how deep down do I need to go? Well, when? <laughs> well, not like to the minute. A year, month, a uh, week.
0: Okay, I, I will tell you if you can do year, month, year and month, that'd be sweet. And then if you knew what, right. what the car was.
1: Um. Well, Pontiac, the last model to be sold by Pontiac, Pontiac was a two thousand nine. Um, so I'll say the year was 2009, Mm. the month, (laughs) January, and the car was a solstice.
0: January
1: 2009, with a solstice. Yeah. Nice, nice triple decker on that one.
0: I could go one further. What color?
1: Oh, let's move along <laughs> nothing to see here <laughs> alright well the reason
0: why I clarified that a little bit is because apparently um, there was a Pontiac branded product that was sold outside of the US that uh, lingered longer production wise oh. they continued to produce them after the US version was done So, oh that's interesting why, that's why I clarified right. that a little bit
1: yeah thanks for that
0: all right, that's your final answer. January two thousand nine, and it was a solstice. And yeah, we're not making a guess on color.
1: No, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I mean, I think by the end of the line there, the um, I guess there were still some some you know Pontiacs that people got excited about.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, you had the G eight. Yep, yeah. that was a great car. Yeah, yeah, it was. And even the Solstice was a great car with its rear drive, you know, handle like a go-kart. You know, I I wouldn't buy one, but if you gave it to me... (laughs) You'd keep it. I would keep it.
0: (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Uh, Well, interestingly enough, I I just heard the other day... uh, that our, our mutual friend, Mr. Chris Rahn, who owns the uh, Stubborn German Brewing Company here in yes, in, uh, in the town that I live in, in Waterloo, Illinois, uh, is another former Fiero owner. Is that right? Yes, and a proud one at that. So, Well, right on. Kind of a nod. Well done, fellas. Yeah, a nod to our previous episode where our topic was cars that you would keep if somebody gave you, and that was <laughs> solstice is high on your list, so.
1: Yeah, it was, right behind the Fiero. Yeah, yeah. I saw a pretty mm-hmm.
0: neat uh, G8 yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, Did you? Yeah, a red one. Uh, clean, beautiful car. They, nice. Uh, they were cool. You ever drive one? I
1: have not driven one, sad to say.
0: Yeah, they they feel very much like what they were going after, which was the uh, the V8 5 Series BMWs
1: is that right yeah very makes sense
0: feel very much i mean interior stiffness and the the handling and i mean they've mm. got they've got a lot more torque than that 4.4 bmw v8 but uh, right they're faster but uh, they felt felt good
1: yeah and they can still be had for for a decent price too even the the uh you can still find plenty of them out there for sale yeah. so if that's something that you're looking for folks it's right. there
0: Somebody gives you one, don't sell
1: it. Yeah. See, I'd buy that. That's a car you'd buy, huh? I'd buy a G8 GT, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, yeah. I was actually looking at those, and and so was uh, uh, Tre- <laughs> Trevor in our V8 Speed Resto shop. Uh, yeah. And I think he he landed on the CTS-V instead of the uh, G8 at that point. I gotcha.
1: Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get too deep into uh, to our episode, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, this young man I work with at uh, Impact Networking. He started out as a truck driver with the company. He's a young kid, good kid, good car guy, all around, you know, good guy. Um, when the company expanded out to California, he went out there driving the truck and uh, he ended up coming back recently and he joined the sales team hmm. and, you know, really trying to make something better out of himself and... Uh, he made his first sale, so I wanted to say congratulations, Schmitty. It was uh, well done. He's a good kid, and uh, he's going to do great things for us. So Very good. Well done, buddy.
0: Well, congratulations there, Schmitty. Is he, uh, he's also a yeah. listener.
1: He is a listener. A subscribed listener. Ooh. Ooh, fantastic. Yeah. 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 His, his real name is Mike Schmidt. I just wanted to get that out there. Good kid. Real good guy so
0: well we appreciate that uh, he's a subscriber and uh, and it's good to hear uh, you know young guys climbing the ladder
1: yeah for sure yeah i really like him he's always just i hit it off with him as soon as he started the company. you know he has a real good personality easy to get along with he's gonna do real well so does he, he have any
0: him. does he have any cool cars of his own yet
1: he does not yet not yet. So he's just he's getting his feet under him, and uh, when he makes his first million, then he'll get something.
0: He's just a few few sales away from a G8 or a Solstice or a Fiero. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> you hear that, Schmitty? Yeah. There you go.
0: Well, <laughs> speaking of uh, of listeners who are also Pontiac fans, matter of fact, uh, uh, I'm going to throw a shout out too to uh, our friend Mo Zerlini. Mo is uh, a customer of ours. Who um, we currently have his seventy GTO back in the shop. It's gold, Ooh, uh, that with gold a, one, yeah. yeah. Rammer three car. Um, it came to us the, the first time a couple of years ago, where it had a few issues. The AC wasn't really blowing cold, and um, he wanted to do a serpentine <coughs> drive setup. And it, it had some leaks in the engine, so we yanked the motor out and regasketed it, and uh, uh, did some engine detail work. Put a mar- nice. March. Uh, black hard coat serpentine system on it and good. Uh, worked that in with the original um, GM Harrison AC box on the firewall. So it wasn't a retrofit completely. Um, oh, good. Yeah. But you can, you can do that if you know what you're doing. So the, the factory stuff's all still there. It's factory air car and uh, tuned it up and fixed a few things. And he's been in and out of the shop here and there with little maintenance things. But today the car's mm-hmm. in the shop getting a uh, tremic uh, TKO five speed, mm. from uh, Mo. Yeah, from our friends at uh, Modern Driveline, and um, it's gonna it's gonna turn that car around. I mean, it's gonna be so much more fun than the automatic. Oh yeah, uh, to drive. And Mo is a uh, a veteran. He does a lot of. He's very active in veterans groups. Um, nice. uh, yeah, just a solid guy. Uh, Vietnam vet era. Um, always oh, nice. always spending time with other vets and, and helping them out with stuff. And uh, he informed me the other day that he is also a listener to our V8 Radio podcast.
1: Right on, Mo. Well, thank you, yeah. much respect, sir, much respect.
0: <laughs> and he said, uh, "Boy, I can't believe uh, you know the knowledge you guys have about these cars." And I said, "Or that we're completely full of crap, <laughs> just completely full of it." <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool to hear, and. Um, Especially, he's had a whole bunch of cars over his lifetime, and and uh, uh, is deep into this stuff. So it's nice. it's always cool to work on that car, and good to see him and his wife Karen, and they're always out doing stuff with it. So
1: nice, so Real ho- cool, yeah, Real cool. That's a beautiful GTO, man.
0: It's yeah, it is. It's great color.
1: Oh yeah, good, yeah,
0: it is. Good looking car, drives really nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know everything works on it now, so that's good. Looking forward to rowing the gears manually.
1: Oh, that, that TKO is going to transform that car.
0: hmm
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, I can't wait to see more of that. I, I need a ride in that one.
0: Yeah, well, you have to come down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's uh, never been a problem for me wanting to come down.
0: I guess that's that's possibly the same color as yours, or pretty close. Uh,
1: it's close. I mean, it's called Signet Gold, I think, in seventy Was it Aztec Gold or something like that? But it's the same... I think it's really, really close, yeah, it
0: looks totally different on the on the auto
1: gold or something like that
0: yeah I, I think on the smaller sure. car without the vinyl, it looks totally different,
1: yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sure our other listener, Frank Simkowski, will correct me on my my gold uh <laughs> on my color that's right, uh knowledge
0: another g t o fan right there,
1: my god, yeah, that's right <laughs> it's a shout out episode <laughs> of v a radio it
0: is it is. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we encourage people to subscribe uh, on on iTunes or whatnot because you never know when you might come up. That's right. That's yeah, right, right now. So uh, uh, what else is happening right now? We're still in the throes of the winter time, which which yep. which blows.
1: It does. It's blowing <laughs> snow all over today. Yeah, i yeah, will telling you what. Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten to do anything except just gawk at cars on websites and you know facebook pages and and uh and and your stuff that you're throwing out there and trevor will text me some cool gto pictures once in a while hey we got four in the shop today look at that yeah great that's great trev did he do that (laughs) yeah he did (laughs) yeah because the uh,
0: the other day it was a really neat photo opportunity and we'll, we'll throw this out on the on the instagram and on facebook um but we had the '67 that we're restoring with the FiTech fuel injected 400, and in the background oh, yeah. on a stand was the '66 389 TriPower engine <sighs> that's going into another '66 we've got in the shop right now. And then Mo's car was in the background with his '7400, uh-huh. and you could see all the different Pontiac V8s with. I, th- yeah. I think we did the math. It was it was uh, 1,200 cubes and 14 barrels worth of. Nice combination carburation and fuel injection you know very
1: nice yeah
0: and then behind that was uh 79 trans am that has one of them ls motors in it now but don't tell uh. anybody don't tell your pontiac friends tell everybody else.
1: no i'm not telling them nothing <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i remember uh i mean one time i was out there it was f body heaven mm-hmm. in your shop i mean it was camaro central there i i, I swear you pro- you guys probably have it down to 15 minutes to get the whole front end off of one of these F-bodies with as many as you've done out there.
0: It, uh, yeah, it really it depends on what they need, of course. But um, right. they, they come in waves for sure. And I think mm-hmm. people see that we're working on something and they go, oh, hey, I got one of those. And, and next right. thing you know, we got it. So recently it's been second gen F-body craziness with mm. uh, we had four 70 through 72 Camaros Plus a 77 and the 79 Trans Am all at once. I mean, wow. it, it was crazy. So with Pontiac. That's and really cool. And, yeah. And then right now, a yeah. bunch of GTOs. Uh, and then we, we just went through uh, about, we've got a 65 Mustang, a 67 Mustang. And we're just sending home another 67.
1: Wow. So, yeah. Oh, man.
0: Um, so th- there's a lot going on. We got some that are leaving and some that are coming in. We finally landed on a uh, strategy for that uh, 1961 um international metro truck that we were talking about before yeah right so that one it's a it's basically an old bread wagon you know delivery Uh truck and um the the customer lives in chicago and he's got a pizza business up there and he wants to use it as a uh, catering delivery truck so it's not going to be like a daily you know right delivery all the time, but for, for uh-huh. big orders and cool stuff, he's going to use the Metro. And the Metro is International's version of like the Divco uh, uh-huh. milk, milk truck that everybody knows and right. loves. A little, you know, not quite as common though. The I think, I don't know, production numbers, but it seems like uh, the Divcos are, are a little more popular. So it's neat to have kind of a weirdo that's even a weirdo version of the weirdos. Yeah. you Yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> with that, uh... a weirdo
1: of a weirdo yeah it's perfect
0: and uh we've been kicking around what to do with this thing because he he wanted it to be uh more reliable and and easier to drive because this thing is everything is manual manual steering oh, manual brakes and the steering wheel is you know 12 feet in diameter and and you can't really see out of the thing very well manual brakes uh, manual uh-huh. shift so um the, uh, the V8 team did some math. Uh, uh, Rod and Trevor and, and Tyler and the guys in the mechanic shop scratched their heads and looked at it and determined that the wheelbase is, uh, I think, an inch and a half off from a, uh, a late model Tahoe, Chevrolet Tahoe. Oh, yeah. So we ended up obtaining a 2003 uh, Chevy Tahoe that had a little damage in the door, but the whole chassis uh-huh. is perfect. And it's a hundred and thirty-one thousand mile two-wheel drive, five-point-three-liter oh. Tahoe. So we're gonna pop the body off the Metro, move the chassis out, drop it on the Tahoe.
1: Nice. Oh, that'll be great. It
0: it should be pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. We we scoured the universe looking for the right Tahoe, uh-huh. um, because the the customer's got a you know a budget window that this thing we got to kind of fit it in. Sure. So, so we couldn't spend, you know, we couldn't buy a 2018 Tahoe for 40 grand you know.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> and we were a little concerned with getting a, a wrecked one out of a junkyard um, uh-huh. because we kind of wanted to be able to drive the thing uh-huh. to see what the chassis needed, you know, if it, mm-hmm. transmission shifted right and all that stuff. Right. Because he doesn't <clears throat> necessarily want this to be a showpiece underneath. It's got to be functional. Mm. Right. So, it's not something that we're going to disassemble the chassis and paint everything and, you know, blast mm-hmm. it all. It's just, let's get a good one and get it rolling down the road, you know. So, gotcha. uh, what we ended up finding is uh, this, this, I think it's an 03, it's late 02, early 03, <clears throat> and uh, the guy selling it um, was driving it up until the other day, um, even after the little wreck in the door, and uh, uh, had parted out the transmission... Um, but the rest of it was complete, so we mm-hmm. we got the thing for a song, um, I think a couple grand plus delivery, and it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't very far. I had video of it running. He took a video of it running and showed me the gauges, so I know pressures are good and all that yeah. jazz. And, That's nice. And um, one of our uh, concerns was the transmission, you know, because those things eventually... You know, the, the engines are pretty bulletproof, but depending on how it was driven, you know, you don't know right. how happy the trans is.
1: Yeah, and those are typically with 4L60s behind those, right? Correct, yeah. And yeah. and uh,
0: so this one, the, the, the guy had already parted the transmission, so he knocked the price down a little bit. And what we're going to do is get a, a rebuilt, just a stock rebuilt 4L60, and then install it in the Tahoe and drive mm-hmm. it around, make sure everything else works. And then we'll, gotcha. we'll pull the body and flip it over, so...
1: Nice. Now, b- being the wheelbase is off. of, What do you say? An inch and a half is that going to affect your your wheel openings? Um,
0: um, just a tad. The, the the interesting yeah. thing is that the the front wheel opening is on the on the Metro is pretty circular, so the, the wheel's got to mm-hmm. fit in that and look right. Mm-hmm. The rear wheel opening is kind of teardrop shape. So if the wheel is in a slightly different place than it was. You know, we can kind of split the difference front and back, and you'll never you'll never know. Okay, it's close
1: enough. So yeah, Yeah. oh, that's that's serendipity. It's that's perfect.
0: Should be pretty cool. Yeah, and and part of the part of the problem or the challenge was there. There's a few other people in the world that are doing these conversions, but Mm -hmm. but they're doing them like in their home shop or after hours or something, and they're not logging time. And Uh, they're kind of hacking stuff together where it's like, you know, the the guy got this 350,000 mile totaled Tahoe and, you know, he, he's kind of cutting stuff and hacking things together and using a bunch of zip, mm -hmm. zip ties and, and and look, it's running and it only took me, you know, you know, however long. So, uh, uh, those projects are great, but they can mislead people to think of how long it actually took. And, Uh. you know, in our case... Um, You know, we're a professional shop and we've got people that are working, you know, eight to five and it's their job. So the timing Mm -hmm. is different. And, you know, we wanted to make sure that when we were talking to the customer that we thought we could do it for what he was, you know, willing to invest in this thing. And -hmm. and the key to it was getting getting the right donor. Get a good donor, it takes out, you know...
1: It takes a lot of variables out of the equation.
0: Correct. So, yeah. I know we got to replace a tie rod end and a transmission. I think that's
1: it. And That's uh, phew, that's a winner.
0: Yeah, so we'll re- we'll reuse yeah. the uh the stock computer on this one. We're a- <clears throat> we're actually going to use the stock gauges and put them in the the Metro dash. And you know that, that means we oh, don't, cool. don't have to buy a lot of stuff. You know, we're going to try and use as much as we possibly can. Sure. And then down the road, if he wants to change the look of that, that's something he can, you know, we can do later. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah,
1: but the goal is to get it functioning. Yep. Looking half decent and being reliable. Yep, yep. And right. uh, that's.
0: But it's pretty neat because the the Tahoe has a, a basically a flat frame going back, which means we won't have to cut up the floor of the Metro. Uh, the only thing we really got to do is uh, route the fuel filler neck. Uh, it's on the opposite side, so okay. not that big of a deal. Um, not that big a deal for you guys. Uh, well, yeah. No, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the <laughs> team, team at our shop, is they can do that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's for sure. Um, and then one of the other concerns was because he's going to use this thing, he wanted AC in it. And Ooh. one of the guys that's out there in the world um, doing these conversions, he's taking AC units from like uh, like airport shuttles that are mounted up high in the back. Okay. I don't know if you've oh, been yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Like a rental car bus kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> and um, and this dude's like, yeah, I can put one of, those, one of those in for a few hundred bucks. Well, it turns out he's got a junkyard that has a bunch of these commercial vehicles and he, yeah. he himself goes and unscrews them and takes all the junk out and installs it. And when we looked at doing that, um, AC parts have to be reliable. So, you know, we got to make sure we got a good compressor and good hoses mm-hmm. and O-rings and all that jazz. So, it, it started to become a little bit of a concern because, you know, this guy says, oh, I could do these for a few hundred bucks, but it's a really, uh, you know, rushed install on an unknown mm-hmm. thing and we can't have failures on this. So the bigger question became, well, when it comes to the AC, what's the, what's the goal? And it's not to make the whole truck ice cold in there in the summertime because right. he's transporting pizzas and hot food. So, uh-huh. so we kind of reframed all that and said, well, what you really want to do is just keep the driver comfortable. Right. And this is really only going to be driven by one person. It's not going to have passengers. So uh-huh. so we're going with a um, a vintage air uh, Mark IV, like an underdash unit. Okay. That's just going to be aimed right at the driver and it's all okay. all that's new. perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's all new and it's uh, yeah. completely reliable and we want to take stuff out of the junkyard and hope that it doesn't you know leak and all the rest and
1: What what was the what was the uh, the main hold up or uh, the deal breaker with using the AC from the Tahoe? Well,
0: that would probably require taking the whole dash out of the Tahoe.
1: Oh, okay. That's a lot of time. Correct. That you don't necessarily need to spend. Right, okay. yeah,
0: because the, the Metro is very similar to a van where it's got a doghouse for the engine cover. Right. And then the dashboard doesn't really have anything to it. So to, to reconfigure okay. all that stuff. And again, the Tahoe, I'm not real worried about the engine and the, and the um, mechanical components, but it is... You know 15 17 18 years old so that mm-hmm. would mean we probably have to put new valves and new stuff in that ac unit and there mm-hmm. dri- drives the price up again so yeah okay you know part of what we do when we restore these cars or build you know resto mods or whatever we're going to do is a lot of mm-hmm. this cost benefit you know yeah what's the smartest way to do it in a mm-hmm. time frame and at what step of the project do you do certain things so that you don't undo things and go back right. So. right
1: yeah i'm sure our good friend rick love at vintage air would be more than happy to accommodate you with a the, the right setup
0: yeah well it's going to be straight out of the catalog you know it's just a uh, um, nothing custom but that's a cool thing and uh, that's, it should that's perfect you.
1: yeah that sounds sounds nice and nice and easy Yes, so, I I say that standing back here, hundred miles away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> Looks right. It's easy. Boom. <laughs> Keep those Just pictures coming. Just slap it in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that's kind of the mission. So it'll be cool. So we're gonna get started on that this week. So we're excited. Yeah,
1: that. that's gonna scoot pretty nicely too.
0: It should, and and um, the 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 weight, the metros, uh, I think it's similar in weight than what the Tahoe was. Uh, this really? a, it's a two wheel drive Tahoe, mm-hmm. uh, so that the chassis is a little bit lighter than, uh-huh. you know, what the four wheel drive version was. But again, that was done for complexity. We didn't need a four wheel drive system in that. Right. Um, and you know, we're doing the math and how much does, uh, you know, a couple hundred pizzas weigh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I could handle it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not dumping concrete in this thing. So.
1: Right. I mean, plus your you, you, the back of that 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 metro is just an open shell. I mean, you, there's no interior in there to weigh it down or anything like that. It's just a sheet metal box, pretty much, right?
0: It is. But interestingly, it's kind of a double shell. So. Oh, really? When you're inside, the the wall that you tap on is not the outer skin.
1: Oh no, kidding.
0: Yeah. So it's a little heavier than we thought, but it's um, but it's not like a a semi, you know, it's not like a straight, Mm -hmm. straight truck or something. So, right. So we're going to, we might end up doing a little bit of suspension mods to the Tahoe if we need to, a bigger sway bar and, Uh you know, maybe a shock or something, but we'll see. Going to try to do it exactly as it is and tune from there. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Right on. One of the, um, certainly kind of an unusual project for us and, and, uh, there's another one. That we've been working on, and you, I think you've seen pictures of it—the uh, the 1939 LaSalle ambulance. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> and that's another one. I mean, it's uh, it, it was a combination vehicle, so it was a hearse slash ambulance, and <laughs> oh, man. it was commissioned originally in little old Redbud, Illinois, where our shop is.
1: That's w- awesome. Way man. back
0: then, yeah, we have a, a window, a sticker in the window that says Redbud 1950. That we were able to preserve, yeah. And uh, the the customer brought us this thing looking for a repaint, and um, because it was yellow with maroon fenders, and he wanted it to be more like an ambulance, so red, big white walls. Sure. And he wanted us to add signal lights on the roof in the style that they were, kind of a french in bullet light. And uh, we all knew going into this project that you know this was a basically a hand-built coach-built giant vehicle so mm-hmm. you know the the standards were a little loose as far as how things went together
1: yeah i could see that
0: and the back half of this thing is hand-formed steel skinned over a wood frame really yeah um which is how a lot of those things you know were done back then but what we couldn't tell until we took it all apart was what kind of repair the woodwork needed um and then if there was rusty metal over that because of the wood. Mm-hmm. Right. So the good thing is that it wasn't real bad. Um, we we did put a bunch of hours into doing carpentry and and recreating a lot of that wood. Um the, the trick was we didn't you can't unskin the, the vehicle and then you know, because the way they built it, they built the wood frame and then they wrapped all the steel around
1: it. Oh wow. Oh geez.
0: So we had to kind of un un-build a ship in a bottle if you will to get the oh, wood yeah. out and and in sections and pin things and and uh, build laminates and drill dowels and glue it and clamp it and all that stuff but wow uh, yeah but we have uh, we use an outsource for some of it and uh, we have a guy his name's Brad on staff who can do all that and and has done just a tremendous job of, of basically reframing a lot of the interior of this thing all right. And, Shout
1: out to Brad. Yeah, and
0: uh, <laughs> and that one is turning a corner right now and going from the woodwork and the metalwork phase into bodywork, and we'll start, um, you know, again moving forward. We we had many conversations with the with the owner in the beginning, saying. Just so we're all clear here, none of us really know what's inside this.
1: <laughs> and he was don't blame us when nothing but termites come out. Well,
0: yeah, but but it wasn't that bad. But he was yeah. uh, uh, he's been super great to work with. He he understands how these things can go, and mm-hmm. he loves seeing the photographs on the website and following along. And he's just really impressed with the craftsmanship. We all are of you know what the team is doing and right. uh it was it's cool he he's, he doesn't live very far away uh so he stops in every once in a while and checks it out and um cool yeah it's just you know there was a little bit of a detour because of the
1: unforeseen wood and metal work which yeah. you
0: know as you know unfortunately you know a lot of these projects have that um, yeah. and but, that's
1: the biz right i mean you're going to run into weird things so you got to improvise adapt and overcome
0: Yes, and so. and on two fronts though. The one front is the physical labor. The other front is preparing a customer ahead of time, you know that this could happen, and how do you feel right. if it if it could, if it, you know sure. if that's a possibility. So mm-hmm. um, we we were able to contain those costs as best we could, and uh, to his approval and liking, and, and move on. So it's great. So that's pressing forward now, which is cool. Nice, very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's going to be, uh, you know, like I said, it's going to be bright red and it's going to be kind of a parade vehicle. And uh, (laughs) because it was a hearse ambulance combination vehicle, uh, it's going to look more like an ambulance. But we're all joking. Apparently, you know, our, our guys claim it's haunted. And <laughs> it's been named. They named it Josephine for some reason. I don't know who, really? who jo- Josephine was. But uh, when we told Sounds the like owner, a good haunted name, yeah, kind of the, you know like a flapper yeah. era, you know, right, right, nineteen thirty nine name. And we told the customer that uh, that one of our guys thinks this thing's haunted, and he's like, "Oh yeah, who knows how many people died in that thing? I mean, you're probably no wrong. doubt, right?" But <laughs> <Yeah, so that, laughs> I was like,
1: "Wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> well what, it does double duty. I mean if the guy expires on the way to the hospital, boom, you got your hearse. That's, well so yeah you exactly.
0: Go. You know, you just uh flip the the sign flip of the, the window. In the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you're off. So he you know yeah it's good that everybody's got a sense of humor about this thing, but at the same time we're all looking at it like, well
1: it's <laughs> yeah. a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's mm-hmm. awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: But it'll be cool. It's got the original LaSalle flathead in it and everything. And it's a, no doubt. It's oh, a wow. It's a six-volt electrics, and we're trying to figure out if we're going to change that or not. And, you know, vintage Mars huh. light on the front and everything. So, that's cool.
1: That is cool, man. Oh, I'm digging that at all like crazy. That's beautiful. Yeah. Huh. Well, in my shop, I got a 67 GTO that we've been working on for about the last five years. But
0: uh, Yeah, 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 and I know... The uh, owner's a
1: real jag-off, and he <laughs> won't let me do anything on
0: it. <laughs> well, I also am aware that uh, uh, you're waiting on me on a few parts now, of course, because uh, I'm going to... Yeah, this
1: is all on you now, buddy.
0: I know. Oh, I could have been done! You, you could have been out <laughs> plowing the streets with that thing right That's now. That's right! <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Uh, but uh, I, I'm getting you some, some ARP stuff to, to get that motor screwed back together. And, and um, yeah. the good thing right now is that the economy is real strong and, and people are working on a lot of stuff. The bad thing is that uh, that also means there's a lot of parts on back order and we're waiting for things. And
1: um, All Right. There, we talked about this before, like a lot of the, your, your big box uh, stores, your summits and, and the like. Tend to get their orders placed first, and then right. your not as high volume retailers or dealers will will go second, and so on.
0: Correct. And then there's some so, stuff that's just everywhere. You know, nobody's got it. Ah, uh, I um, got gotcha. you. Which you know, from from what our friends at ARP have told me, um, I think right now you're glad that that does not have a uh, power stroke diesel in it because oh, really? uh, because they're diesel head bolts they're way behind on on production which is a gr- great problem you know but every everyone they can kick out yeah. is accounted for so
1: holy cow yeah but it's all good I, I mean it's good for ARP but bad for Ford I think
0: <laughs> well these are not necessarily repair pieces these are guys that are uh-huh. building pulling trucks and oh I got you, you know, I got the guys you. that are drag racing those things and you know that diesel world is is high performance. I mean, these people are building the heck out of these things. Yeah. and uh, and rolling a- coal. That's it. You know, and it, it's an unbelievable. An ARP stud in some cases will will take a hundred psi. You know, in a wow. in a turbo diesel application, whereas your Oof. factory Ford stuff, you know, that's those cylinder heads would land in the next county at that point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those torque to yield bolts
0: will yield. <laughs> right. Yes, yield all the way through the air.
1: So right, yield out to the next county. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brother. Well, that's cool, man. Oh, yeah. I uh, I actually saw Randy the other day. He's like, hey, did you get your bolts yet? I'm like, no, not yet. Not
0: yet. <laughs> no, so, no. But I, we're working on it. <laughs> I will follow up again tomorrow, yeah. and
1: but we'll make sure we get it. Yeah, he's he's super patient though. He's so uh, he's uh he's cool. He's not uh, not up my up my caboose about it, so that's good.
0: That is good. Well, and at least at, at the same time, it's just an engine. It's not like he got the whole car over there exactly sc- scattered all over his garage. Yeah,
1: not like our other buddy Joe, who's got his Mustang in his in his place, mm-hmm. and he's been working on that uh, since since the fall. So yeah, well, he's making good progress with that, though. He has got a lot of the sheet metal replaced, and I know he was talking with you about it mm-hmm. at PRI a little bit. Um, I think he's got to finish up the torque boxes and he's almost done with all the metal work on that thing. Well, good
0: for him. That's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. great progress. Yeah. He yeah. does good work. It's like, uh, a good guy to know.
0: Well, you know, a lot of that sure. is uh, just being tenacious and sticking with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a good point. Putting putting
0: the hammer down and, and not getting scared off by some of that stuff. You know, the, yeah. the, the problem with, you know, doing a lot of the sheet metal repair is that. When you're doing a whole bunch of panels that are not original, uh-huh. every one's got its own little nuance. And they all have to fit together somehow. So. They all
1: got their own little personality. Yeah, and and you got to figure out what it is and correct it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So,
0: but that's uh, that's all part of the game. Yeah. hmm mm-hmm. Right on. So what else we uh, got going? On? Uh, I, I just we're we're right at that that part of the. The year here in the Midwest, where uh, a lot of people aren't really thinking about, um, they're not doing much with their cars because it's so cold out. And then the first nice day, they all they're all out on the road, you know. And, and uh, you know, we get a lot of people coming by looking for stuff. And you know, you mentioned Rick Love before from Vintage Air. I had talked mm-hmm. to him a while ago, saying, "Hey, do you, do you guys sell a lot of AC systems for these cars in the wintertime? Because if it's me." you know, if my car's down for the winter, that's a great time to tear it apart and do an AC upgrade or do right. suspension rebuild or whatever. And he goes, he goes, you know, when we get the calls on the first 90 degree day,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, people are predictable. <laughs> that's what everybody wants it. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you can tell, you know, in certain parts of the country, as things warm up, we start getting, uh. We get, we get calls from people that are watching either videos or, or have cars that they, they want yeah. help with. A um, couple of neat potential projects on the horizon. Uh, a, a, a woman and a man who are... Uh, I haven't met them yet, but they're they're getting up in the years a little bit, and they've been uh, having a 57 Thunderbird restored for a long time. And, and I think the person doing the restoration has either retired or gotten out of it and oh no they're like we need this thing finished you know we need to take it somewhere and get it done so yeah uh, you know we've been talking to them about doing that uh cool yeah and we did that coyote powered t-bird a few years ago and this one i sure think did. is a, a, a 312 car it wouldn't be the coyote but um you know we're familiar with how those things work so be a, be a little bit different and and along those lines of a, a '50s Ford, we talked to a guy the other day about doing a '55 uh, uh, Ford F1. I think '55 is his first year for the F100, so it's an F100. But but he wants the Coyote swap, and you know, really? the cool. He's got a, a I think he's got a, a Fat Man chassis and the whole thing. So that'll be a, a neat little hot rod pickup truck if we uh, land on a strategy for that one. So. It's cool. That's that's a thing in this business. There's you know you never know who's gonna call tomorrow and what kind of right you know whatever the thing is and you, you the team kind of wraps their mind around whatever that project was and yeah like your trivia question with the Chrysler 300 that was completely off my radar yesterday <laughs> somebody could call with something tomorrow and be like hey I found this 58 Mercury wagon now let's do it and we'll all be like yeah, yeah. you know so yeah man <laughs> yeah that's that part's cool.
1: Yeah, it's got to be exciting when something off the wall comes through there. Hey, I want to do XYZ to PDQ car, mm-hmm. and it gets everyone excited. It's like, yes, because yeah. I'm sure, I mean, they all love their jobs, but I'm sure there can be a certain level of monotony when uh, maybe you're doing big blocks all the time or you're doing Chevelles all the time or you're doing GTOs all the time or, an F- or F-bodies and well, I'm sure when that, that, uh, that Dodge Murata came in, that probably raised a, a few eyebrows uh, to, to restore that. I'm sure that was a, a blank slate with hardly any know-how. How are we going to do this? No one's done a Murata before. What are we in for? Yeah, it was. And...
0: You know, you're right. It, it, it's interesting. Everybody wants to do something a little bit different, which is yeah. which is cool. But yeah. I will say that even though you know, when we had the the, the four di- or six different second generation F bodies, yeah, every one of those cars is different, and you know, uh, the the tasks on them are all different. Um, so
1: yeah, that's true. I think maybe monotony was the wrong word.
0: Well, I think uh, the only the only part of the team that i i I get concerned with about you know the monotony is the body shop Uh, because the metal guys do their work they fit all the panels up and everything and get them all straight and then the car goes to the body shop and then uh uh, Tim, our, our uh, lead body man at this point, is the guy who gets the car and starts sanding. <laughs> you know? mm. um,
1: and sanding. And sanding. Correct. And sanding.
0: But, you know, the the, the <clears throat> satisfaction comes in the details. And I, I was talking to him um, the other day, as a matter of fact, him and, and Brad, who I mentioned before, and uh, our, our metal, we got a metal guy who also does body work. His name is Brett. Tim had the trunk lid open on that 73 duster 340 that we're working on mm-hmm. and this car it was just ready getting ready to go to the sprayable polyester stage so the the, uh-huh. the body filler was about finished and he says can I have you look at something and I said sure and today um, these days there are times when I don't get to spend very much time in the shop because I've got so many other things going on with with yeah. the technology side of the company and whatever but right. uh, I was kind of walking through the shop and he said I need to take a look at this and and what he had found is that we had put aftermarket quarter panels on that duster mm-hmm. and, and where the quarter wraps over into the trunk lid jam the trunk jam if you will yeah the passenger side uh, uh, the way the panel was trimmed as it was manufactured was I don't know quarter of an inch different from the passenger side and oh, geez. it wasn't like the gap was a quarter inch different or uh-huh. it was literally if you <clears throat> if you open the trunk and run your thumb down the inside edge of the quarter panel okay where one layer of of steel overlapped another layer it has a little bit of a seam there and uh-huh. it's yeah. not not on a body line it's not anything obvious or visible uh-huh. but it was just slightly different shape than the other side Huh. <laughs> and I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, "Wow! I mean, that that was uh, uh, points for being able to eagle eye something that was,
1: yeah, you know, function. No one will probably see.
0: Correct, functionally insignificant, you know, because uh-huh. it, it works just fine. Uh, yeah, but uh, it was a detail thing, I and mean, he he's the guy sanding this stuff all the time, so he noticed it, you know, and and judging the 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 outcome of the car and what the customer expectations are and everything, we determined mm-hmm. that, no, we don't need to cut this apart and metal work. And to redo be, it. Right. Because there's a good possibility that yeah. just just through assembly, the original car didn't match 100% uh-huh. perfect left to right. Sure. And again, it's going to be under weather strip and under the, uh-huh. you know, so it's not an obvious thing. Uh-huh. Um, but that tells you that Tim, although his... His position requires a lot of repetition. It's not one where the, he's asleep at the sanding block. Just,
1: I got you. you know. Well, that's good. Oh, it's great. It's what you want from your your body guy? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and
0: they were uh, so that car has since gone through the the polyester stage, and they're mm-hmm. kind of refining the the lines now. And that that duster is going to be just insane. How nice now, it's going to now be. Now is
1: the guy who does the sanding. Is he the same guy that does the painting?
0: No, no, no. All right. But interestingly, this past week, the guy who does the painting was doing a little bit of the sanding. He was... Is that right? Well, we like a little overlap. You know, as one... Uh-huh. as one, As the car leaves one department and goes into the next, uh-huh. we want the, you know, whoever's on the receiving end, they need to be thoroughly ready to receive that car, meaning it has to be to their liking. mm you know, it's well,
1: got- also you want you want the guy receiving the car to have an appreciation for the guy who just did that work before him as well, so he understands w- what he's going through. Oh, yeah. when he receives that car.
0: Yeah, and the good thing is there's there's definitely that appreciation because yeah, you know most of our our the people in our shop have had positions multiple positions you know the -hmm. the, the painter has done body work and the body guy has painted before too so Mm -hmm. they understand each other's jobs but you know if you envision a a relay runner you know handing off the baton from one to the next you want to make sure that the the painter understands the car before it leaves the body shop side because that's still the opportunity to say hey you know what i'm looking at this and i see a little thing over here i want you to address Mm -hmm. Or
1: whatever i gotcha
0: so they they do an inspection between one step to between the next handoffs yeah so and that makes all the difference because i i've seen i in, believe that in the past where people don't pay attention to that and and the the metal shop will weld up some stuff and just kick it kick it down the road to the next guy. And then the body shop has to m- make a correction or refit something or improve mm-hmm. something. And then they might not care. So they'll kick it off to the painter. And then the painter's got to deal with it somehow. But in, in our case, everybody works hand in hand as the car goes through those steps so that when the painter gets it, he's ready, you know.
1: And, and yeah, it's what he so he knows what he's going to be getting. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. work together on that. So that's cool. Yeah. So, so there should be no surprises. Right. And we actually
0: have mm-hmm. uh, uh, printed checklists where um, each, before the car leaves the metal shop, it goes into body. And before it leaves body and goes to paint, uh, we have a, uh, the technicians themselves follow the checklist and make sure all the details mm-hmm. are handled, but then they'll, they'll get uh, uh, Kelly who runs the shop uh, or myself and say, okay, it's time for you guys to sign off on this. Mm-hmm. And that way I like that because it relieves them the responsibility if something goes forward uh-huh. uh, and and if there's an issue down the line, we can go back and say, Well, was this approved? And if, if one of our guys says, Yeah, you signed off on it, then I say, Great, it's not your problem. You know, I'll I'll take care of it. It nice. lets them release the responsibility and not have mm-hmm. to worry about stuff. Now, the great thing there, too, though, because we don't want things to happen down the line, if, right. you know, you look at the checklist and go, hey, this one wasn't signed off on, let's get somebody to check off on it. And it's not that we're necessarily micromanaging them or uh-huh. looking over their shoulder. It's it's kind of they get to present the car. They get to say, okay, I've, uh-huh. I've been through it. I got everything checked. Just need you to give it a final, you know, once over. And if there's anything you want uh-huh. us to do, we'll do it. If not, move it on, you know, and, that's noted, as opposed to that's
1: very. That's very reasonable.
0: Yeah, uh, we've learned that that's the best way to go. Because the opposite is, you know, say for example, a car got painted in pieces, and when it goes to reassemble it, if something doesn't fit quite right, who's responsible? You know, it's like it shouldn't hmm. have been. It shouldn't have been painted, which means it should have been test fitted. Which means if it wasn't test fitted, you know, who didn't? Who didn't do something along the
1: line? Right. Everyone puts their finger on the nose and says, not it, yeah. not it, not my problem, not it. <laughs> yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs> and anything can be fixed, but we, we hope get it beforehand, you know, so that it's... We have very minimal late-in-the-game uh, late, late in the game repairs, you know. Uh-huh. Things things happen no matter what, but it's it's very minimal. Right. And by putting these checklists and, and uh-huh. uh, checks and balances along the way, it really helped to reduce that stuff, so... Well, very good. And that was all Kelly's doing. It was her idea to come up with those, and
1: I believe that. Yes, she's very thorough, wholeheartedly. <laughs> Ponytail <laughs> power. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She wants. I mean, she's running that show, so she wants. She wants things running smooth and mm-hmm. correctly, and doesn't want any snowballs.
0: No, no, and the customers appreciate that too. You know, they see these lists yeah. and they're like, "Wow, you know, you guys." Yeah you're you're on it and you care and that that matters yeah at
1: the end of the day you put out a superior product so that's it's worth it worth everything yeah yeah
0: and the guys the team likes it too you know because again Mm -hmm. it lets them do their thing it's a nice reminder of what they're supposed to do Mm what they know what's expected of them and they can say nope i did it man you you saw Mm -hmm. let's go so it's cool so Back off, man. I did it right. <laughs> I'm sure, there are times they want to tell me that.
1: <laughs> back off, Mr. Albatross Manager. Get out of here. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Mr. Seagull. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: boy. Oh,
1: I hope they get a good laugh out of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs>
0: Always at my expense, which is just fine. (laughs) Well, you know, that's how it works. (laughs) You're just trying to score points over there. That's what you're doing. (laughs) man. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Well, hey, it looks like this one has gone by pretty fast, my friend.
1: Yeah, it has. It really has. Uh, Good stuff. It's all the show prep that we did. Well, it's, we're pros. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, just write down the script. You know, you're t- you talk about that checklist. Yeah. I skipped yeah, the line check. on page
0: two. I don't know if you got that. Check. got it all. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. All right, so let's try this uh, trivia question thing because I can I can feel the eyes on the back of my head of all of our listeners who are saying, "What is mm-hmm. it? Darn it!
1: God, dang it!" All right, uh, I asked you what year Chrysler first stopped using the letter designator on their 300 series. Right. And you, Kevin, said 1955 had no letter. And Kevin, you are absolutely right. Nice. Really? So the 1955, yeah. It was actually called the C300, but that was not a letter car because the 56 was the 300B. right. I would have accepted that answer, or I would have accepted 1966, uh, because 65 was the 300L, and 66 had no letter designator.
0: Yeah. So right. either
1: one of those answers, the judges would have accepted, but you picked the one I was hoping you would pick, 1955. So congratulations.
0: Wow, I'm uh, I'm a little bit uh, impressed with myself that I got that lucky.
1: Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. Right on. Cool. Now I get to be a three-time loser on this next question. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll give you the chance to be a four-time if you want to take a stab at the color. <laughs> oh, uh, All right, so this question was, when did the last U.S. sail-bound Pontiac roll off the assembly line? Mm-hmm. And you said because they they basically shut the plant down and or, or ended the brand in 2009, that your oh. guess was a January 2009 Pontiac solstice. Yeah. Of unknown color.
1: Of unknown color.
0: And the truth is that the Pontiac brand reached the end of the era on a Wednesday. I could have given you a five chance. God, there. dang it. <laughs> uh, it was in January of 2010. Stop!
1: Son of a biscuit.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, they tried to wrap it up in December and a few, I guess, uh, they made 100 G6s in in January. So the car was a G6. It
1: was a G6. Gosh darn it. And not a Solstice. Ah, uh, oh,
0: man. And it was white. But it was a Pontiac. <laughs> it sure was. Uh, so you're off just a bit. Um, the production went through the rest of 2010 satisfying, wow. um, interestingly, uh, uh, a, a, G th- a car called the G3 Wave, which was a... Never heard of it. No, I didn't either. But that was a Canadian Pontiac that was actually really? built in Mexico. So it skipped right over the U.S. and went north. Hmm. And they made that Right over the wall. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. Uh, and that was in uh, 2010, so... So yeah, unfortunately.
1: Well, uh, I didn't have high hopes for that one, but I I got the month right, but still just a year off.
0: Right. That's a year, of my uh, friends.
1: Yep. Yeah, pish posh. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. But well, that okay. was fun anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: sure. Uh, yeah, it's a good. Interesting question.
0: A little different. Still, yeah, still, a little bit. You know, it's still Pontiac, though. You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, i'm coming double barrel with buick next time yeah, yeah. nice i nice. love
0: <laughs> yeah. have to read up on my books That's right. <laughs> all right well this was a good one and um we've got uh obviously there, there's all kinds of stuff going on so i'm, I'm sure our next episode will be uh, uh another jam-packed with some unbelievably overselling adjective i don't know if it'll be quite kaleidoscopic Hmm, few things are yeah hopefully it's not uh uh you know (laughs) colonoscopic oh nice well played points points (laughs) but you'll have to listen to find out (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and if you uh, subscribe on iTunes that would be uh, that'd be cool because then you wouldn't miss that next episode and the other fun thing is when people listen to our show on iTunes it moves us up that front page of automotive enthusiast podcasts and there's three columns on the page we've been kind of hovering in the middle of the third column we've been touching the second column here and there but mm-hmm. a little more popularity and, and maybe we'll, we'll climb the ladder so if you like the show subscribe on iTunes and Help give us a little push there. Uh, But you can also listen on uh, Google Play and on Stitcher and on uh, the TuneIn Radio app, of course, on our website at V8Radio.com and uh, find us on the Facebook page at V8Radio. All kinds of ways to stagger across our nonsense, so we
1: invite you to do so.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Well, this was fun.
1: It was fun. I enjoyed it.
0: And uh, as always, uh, I'm Kevin Osi from Mike Clark. Hope you uh, keep the shiny side up, and we will chat with you next time on VA Radio.